Welcome to Are We There Yet? Transport into the Future. This is a series of programs that look at current issues and developments and what they mean for the transport we need, we want and what we can supply in the future. These programs are written and presented by David Brown. Tyler O'Hare is in his final semester of a civil engineering degree at Monash University. He was on the organising committee of a student leadership summit held recently in Melbourne. Tyler's experience, his reflection on his degree and the ways in which he is striving to expand his network and understanding of what is involved in traffic engineering and transport planning are an interesting case study on how young people are creating a future in our profession. I'm currently studying for my last two exams before I graduate, which is exciting. Was transport a major part of the civil engineering course? There's no specific transport stream at Monash. I'm lucky doing the single degree, I've got the option of picking some elective units. And from within that, I've been able to pick two transport units, which have kind of delved a bit deeper into the transport engineering field and has, you know, piqued my interest a bit more. Why did you choose that? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think I've, I've never been super interested in kind of structures or water. I'm, you know, a pretty active person in terms of always on my bike or always out driving the car. So I think the transport field just, just attracted me in that sense, yeah. So what sort of subjects do you do? Within the transport field? So yeah. we've been looking at TIAs, road design, so horizontal and vertical elevation. Yeah, all kind of studies similar to that. Have you also seen other opportunities about what the area of transport traffic engineering and transport planning might entail? Things like SLS was all about? Yes, programs like the SLS, I suppose, give extra opportunity for students to get involved in the transport field. There's also at Monash, which we started up at the start of this year, a um, Transport Engineers Monash kind of club, so we're also a chapter off ITE. That's been a a transport-specific hub for students, and we've run events to help bring more transport engineering within Monash. Has it broadened your perceptions? Yes, definitely. It's broadened my perceptions. It's allowed me to obtain a greater understanding of the field of transport engineering and what it entails, and um, has also kind of broadened my networking abilities. So I've gotten to know more and more people within the industry, which has been really, really beneficial. Has it brought in things that you never expected? Ooh, definitely it's opened up some opportunities, yes. The field of transport planning then, it overlaps into many things, land use, Mm -hmm. even social behaviour. Is that exciting to you? Yeah, yeah, it is. It's exciting to be able to get a greater understanding of these areas so that I can have a greater influence and bring more of my understanding to my work, hopefully in the future, to be able to you know, improve the transport network. The transport network has in many ways focused on moving vehicles, yet mm-hmm. there is a very strong sense of place and people involvement in it now. Do you see that happening in what you've seen so far? Yeah, absolutely. And in one of my subjects earlier this year, uh, it was actually in combination with Vic Road. So we did a massive assignment based on their whole movement and place principle, which you know opened my eyes and opened opened the eyes of the students to the focus not just on cars running down the road, but making making the roads a place for pedestrians and a place for for cyclists to uh, be involved as well. Did you look at a particular area? 
Yeah, we did. So Box Hill was the, the focus area for the whole assignment, which was good because it's kind of close-ish to where I live and, and I, I know the area quite well. So you would have had a perception of the Box Hill commercial area mm-hmm. there and perhaps of the buses, but perhaps not, or oh, buses and trains, yep. but not linking the two together as much as they might be? Yeah, that's exactly it. So through Box Hill, you've got buses, you've got trains, you've got the end of the tram line there as well. And so we, we did, we looked at how all these could kind of be integrated better and how the network could be upgraded to better facilitate that. So Vic Rhodes is looking to do something there? To be honest, I think it was just an assignment just developed for um, for the university students, but you know, I'm not sure. I'm sure Vic Rhodes probably look at a lot of it and um, you know, see some of the ideas we come up with potentially. So it's interesting that it's Vic Rhodes, isn't it? That Yeah. Mm-hmm. In, in the past, I grew up and worked for a road authority in New South Wales mm-hmm. where we would not have thought about that we built a bypass around Parramatta but it was to serve roads whereas it allowed the closing off of the main street through Parramatta which is now much nicer when I went there before it was closed off it was the noise was intense yeah okay that was a valuable part of my traffic engineering experience Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. now Box Hill then became the exercise for the student leadership summit it did Mm mm-hmm that you were part of. I, I guess that you know, was a natural flow on from the project you had done. Yeah, well, I think um, it was more used in the SLS because of the location of the SLS, with the SLS being hosted in Box Hill right. and, um, you know, being in partnership with uh, the local council there as well. Mm. But it was, it, yeah, it was nice to see the the same kind of area used because it is a very good area in terms of, um, you know, the transport issues and, and a high connectivity there. So you helped organise the SLS, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, I was on the organisation committee. How did you think the students responded to that project approach? There, there were some presentations, some good presentations, but then they had to do some work on that. Did, do you think the students responded well to that? Yeah, and you spot on the presentations were great by the student groups uh, who attended the SLS. It was definitely a, a very broad problem, and although they had quite a few hours to work on it, I think um, it was challenging for some of them to understand the scope of the issue and to really kind of knuckle down on um, what the tasks were. Mm. Kudos to those guys for, for what they managed to do in the day. And it was a chance to then have to present to a large group. Absolutely, yeah, that's right. A bit daunting? Yeah, I think so. I think for the uh, students, look, I didn't present myself, but I watched, uh, watched the students present. And I think because of the audience and, you know, there were lots of professionals there in the audience, it was probably very daunting for them. Do you think it's nice that traffic engineering and transport planning are getting into broader issues like pollution? Do you think that's uh, an important part for engineers to be seen to be involved in those sorts of areas? I do. Look, I haven't had um, a heap of experience with that kind of stuff being integrated in the work that I've done, Mm. but um, I think it's important that all engineering disciplines do work together to help solve solutions kind of as a whole and simultaneously rather than attacking it from just, you know, different angles. So you see your career heading into transport planning? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, definitely. That's uh, that's the way I um, the the way yeah the way I'm going to go and um, it works out well because it's the industry that I love the most so um, I can do something that I'm also really interested and passionate about as well. 
What do you see it like uh, being out there? You've you've had some experiences in interacting with people. What's what's your trepidations or is, what's your expectations? Well, my expectations about working in the mm. transport field. Mm. Um, good question. So from the from the experience I've had so far, I think it's about you know designing solutions that are hopefully not just um, car-related solutions, so maybe also, you know, public transport solutions or pedestrian and cycle uh, solutions as well. You go to things like the ITE meetings, that's important to you? Yep, I think um, being connected, and especially as a, as a young professional or as a, um, a university student like myself, trying to get a bit of an earlier connection into things like ITE and AITPM events are uh, really important because it also means... When you do start working in the industry, there's some familiar faces around, you know, people you can approach, that kind of thing. You, I think you are good at uh, being able to understand that there are some people out there who are not just going to waffle on, but uh, mm-hmm. relate to you. That's something you would always be on the lookout for, wouldn't it? Yeah, that's exactly right. And uh, people who um, you can relate to can also be mentors you know, which is, is very beneficial as a, as a young individual starting out. A mentor is a, there's a program that ITE is running, which is uh, mentoring. Uh, it's important there that it's someone who can listen as well as uh, talk. Yeah, that's exactly it. So um, that program you were talking about that ITE are running, that's in conjunction with TEM. So the uh, the committee or the club that we started up at Monash at the start of this year, mm. Transport Engineers Monash, and um, that's been very successful. So we've already run two rounds of the mentoring program where uh, with ITE's help, we've brought in professionals from the industry and we've linked them up with um, students from Monash who are interested in the transport engineering field. Then they've been able to set up monthly meetings to talk about the industry and talk about applying for jobs and um, just to, to form a mentoring relationship. And, you know, the feedback we've received has been really, really positive. So it's been a great program so far this year. Is it just civil engineers or are there other engineers in your group? Tem, yeah. So it's mainly uh, just the civil engineers at the moment. But, um, you know, a lot of, especially at Monash, a lot of the people doing civil engineering are also doing a double degree. So we've got architects in there. We've got people from the science and the arts faculty and, um, and law as well. So... It's uh, civil engineers, but there's also, um, you know, a bit of a broader scope outside of that. that. That must be one of the benefits of it, is it, to talk to other students from other faculties? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I'm working on a major project at the moment with an architecture student who's doing civil engineering and architecture double degree. He's probably focused on going more down the architecture stream, but it's awesome to um, talk to him and get his understanding of of, you know, how the fields differ, which is really cool, yeah. Is that part of your degree? Yeah, that's exactly it. So um, the final semester of uh, the degree at Monash, you do a subject called CivPrac, which is civil practice, um, and you're teamed up in big groups and uh, you complete a big kind of final civil engineering design task, which uh, incorporates everything you've learnt over the, uh, over the year time at, at uni. Do you have any interaction with groups like Professor Curry and that, that I, I'm not sure if they're under the civil engineering banner? Yeah, so I think um, there is a, a transport kind of faculty within Monash. I've had not much with um, Professor Curry, but I've had lots of interaction with um, 
Professor Jeffrey Rose, and oh, yes. uh, he actually took us, myself and 19 other students, mid-year on an international transport study tour throughout Asia. So, you know, I had three weeks to um, build a relationship with him, and he's an amazing man. Tell me about the trip. We had to apply at the end of last year. This was a, uh, a Monash unit run entirely overseas. So over three weeks, we visited uh, Singapore, Malaysia, and China, and visited five cities within those three countries. We completed the whole 12 weeks of unit content in those three weeks, and we had an assignment due and an exam at the end of it. But throughout that, we're also able to you know visit the sites and look at how how transport is run in those cities in comparison to Australia, which was very, very interesting and eye-opening. Uh, somewhat different. I once spoke and interviewed the traffic engineer from Bangkok, mm-hmm. and uh, I thought that might have been the job from hell. Yeah. <laughs> but Singapore, for example, is very ordered, and I mean it has things like the congestion charge going into the city centre. Those sorts of things were looked at? That's exactly it, yeah. So we are looking at all the different transport facets within Singapore. So there was, you know, how they go about controlling uh, vehicles on the road. So that's with having congestion charge in the city, having, you know, an incredibly steep price to be able to get your license and to be able to purchase a vehicle. And then also creating, you know, public transport really cheap and uh, affordable and accessible to try and push the majority of the population to use that public transport network. And uh, you went up to Malaysia, Kuala Lumpur? Yep, so to Kuala Lumpur, and then just outside of Kuala Lumpur is where Monash have their uh, Malaysian campus out there, mm. and uh, so we stayed there for five days um, and did the majority of the content there whilst also exploring the area. A little bit different in Malaysia. Yeah, yeah, very different. So uh, it was interesting, actually, we had someone say that uh, a lot of the Malaysians like to purchase the vehicles that come out of Singapore, because in Singapore you're not really allowed to have a vehicle older than 10 years. So, um, you know, the Malaysians purchase the vehicles out of Singapore that are, you know, less than 10 or less less years old because they're new, low kilometres and they've been well looked after. The other issue then that raises, of course, is how policy affects behaviour mm-hmm. of how not only what you might intend, which is what Singapore might have want, but then what happens after that may affect other people in other countries as well. Yeah, yep, yeah, you're spot on. So um, the Singapore government has, you know, a heavy control over the population, you know, which is also very beneficial because they, we went to the local roads authority there and they spoke about, you know, having 10, 20, 50, 100 year plans. So they would, you know, allow a a developer to build a a shopping centre in a certain location, but that developer had to have a fake door or or a location ready for, in the future when a subway station would go below and there'd be an escalator coming up into the shopping centre. So everything was future-proofed and pre-planned, which was you know, a benefit of having such a controlling government. Yeah, we don't often do that, do we? We often have... I was talking to Dr Max Lay, who went back to the 19th century, mm-hmm. where the booms came with the expansion of the railway system yet it was very short-term. They made a lot of money on land speculation, then they went broke. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. There wasn't that long-term understanding. There was that short-term, geez, it looks good at the time, but it must be, must be wonderful to think of Singapore as being that visionary to the future. Absolutely, and, um, you know, they've got electric 
electric taxis going around. They've got, um, I think I read in the news the other day about some sort of aerial delivery or aerial taxi service. They're, they're definitely looking to the future. Tyler, the exercise of organising the Student Leadership Summit, that in itself would have been an interesting type of activity for a whole different pile of reasons. That would be management in the extreme, wouldn't it? Absolutely. And uh, look, you know, the the, uh, the shout-out goes to Laura Aston, who um, came to ITE with the idea and did a lot of the uh, heavy lifting herself. But um, yeah, it, w- it was interesting to, to watch uh, her and then also be a part of organising things like the venue, bringing professionals in, organising catering and organising the event, and then also trying to get the word out and trying to get students and professionals to attend. It was uh, a very good learning experience, absolutely. Well, it was appreciated. I attended it and I thought it was fantastic. Great. That's good to hear. It was a dynamic, progressive and ongoing activity that I was thought was very well. Uh, Tyler, thank you very much for your time. No worries at all. Thank you, David. And that was Tyler O'Hare, who is completing his final semester of a civil engineering degree at Monash University in Melbourne. Are we there yet? Transport into the Future is produced by Driven Media. Driven Media specialise in communicating technical and scientific information to professionals and the public and also facilitates planning and behaviour change in groups and organisations. You can send comments or suggestions to feedback at drivenmedia.com.au. All the participants have agreed to the recording and distributing of their comments.